Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. Today, the secret to understanding everything. Finally, the answers you've been looking for. Of course, understanding alone won't lead to fulfillment at all, and questions are far more important than answers, but our topic today, the metaphysics of metaphysics, if you will, will help you quite a lot if you can learn to see reality through this lens. A side note, we're taking a break from recording at least for the rest of December. I'm sorry, I know your holidays are now ruined and we take no responsibility for that. Only a responsivity, perhaps. Um, Stace and I both need some time off, but rest assured there's plenty more to come. If you're jonesing for a podcast, I do have another one that I haven't been updating much called Manage to Engage. It has over 300 episodes, uh, and that has some relevant crossover with identity, especially the later episodes. That podcast is more about the application of identity to the business world, which is always a fun tightrope to walk if you want to watch that or uh, hear that. There's also a fair amount of pure Zen sprinkled in there from that phase of my life, if you're interested. And if you search for my name, Joseph Shapiro, make sure to spell Joseph, J-O-S-E-F, the fun European way, which is how I spell it. You'll find Manage to Engage quite easily, or you can just search for Manage to Engage. Until next time, happy all the days, and we'll look forward to connecting with you again in 2024. Thanks so much for listening, and if you're on YouTube, for watching. Greetings and welcome forward, everybody. This is episode 82, a number I did not imagine us getting to, although I imagined many bigger numbers than that. Hello, Stace. Hey, Joseph. Oh, I do. I remember the joke I wanted to make. You're not supposed to say you're about to make a joke, but that's funny because oh. I just said before I hit the record button, I <laughs> said, I had this great joke. Today's episode, which maybe <laughs> we're going to tentatively call it the metaphysics of metaphysics, but I, I just saw some ad um, on Netflix or something half an hour ago that said something like AI powered, blah, blah, blah. This podcast is not AI powered. It's 100% pure, <laughs> raw, natural intelligence. There is nothing artificial added whatsoever. I Mark my word, sometime in the future, people are going to start advertising the same way they yes. say no artificial sweeteners. Yes. They're going to start mm-hmm. advertising no artificial intelligence added to this product or this service oh or whatever. Oh, my God. That's yes. where we're going to be. We're going to see that in our lifetime, I bet. Oh, God. Should I put uh, that on my website? Not um, No AI whatsoever. I am solar no. powered. But, oh, there uh, we go. Okay. Yeah. No friggin' a- AI. It, it might. So here's a great example. You and I, we haven't, we haven't talked really about AI uh, yeah, yeah. hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I, you know, there's this sort of business pressure in the world to like AI. It's the future, and you got to talk like this when you talk about AI. And like, hey, are you using AI? <laughs> like, everybody's using AI. And there's that. And I just like sometimes I think like, okay, well, you know, I could uh-huh. probably write articles and use it to help me do it faster and and if i get anywhere near it i just feel totally disgusted or and that's disgust is 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 a exaggeration i just it's a distaste it's like no i don't want to do that i want to use me i don't want to use a robot to do stuff yeah um i don't know you know whether it's uh whatever domain it is uh our our world culture especially with technology, I guess, uh, just, uh, just 
slave to fetishism almost uh, not not a fad, fetish fetish. of ai totally a fetish. It's, it's almost when i see it so often just yeah. like you it, it's like a fetish and yeah everybody's got to be in on the esoteric secret you know it's yeah oh, come this is on. it ai yeah it's gonna solve everything just like the internet was going to just like oh the- yes Whatever, yeah, and they just generally they what what do new technologies do? They just elicit out of our unconscious why we can't use any tools without making bigger messes. <laughs> well, like what I oh I got I I I forgot who said it, but somebody notable said uh, that AI is just a tape recorder. Uh, that's all. That's all it is. Uh, integrated, right. integrated um, um, into into circuitry uh, for collectivistic uh, consumption. Yeah. And and so yeah, it's it's a downline. Well, maybe we can put it into one of our trinity of uh, the metaphysics of metaphysics. Sure. But before um, we go there, I wanted to say, um, God, what was it? It was just right. Oh, I did have. I have had the fantasy a number of times. Because I don't think it'd be very expensive to do. It could hire a, a very amateur software programmer to um, build an AI and feed it all of your books, all of your writing. <laughs> that would be fun to play with because you got a oh, lot yeah. of pages. Right. Just uh, over 10,000 uh, pages. Yeah. So, and you could feed it that and that would be fun. But then it's like to do what? To, to have identity trivia? Because that, <laughs> the application, I mean, that could be interesting. But oh, like, I don't need that. It, yeah, no, it would just be fun to see what it did. That's it all. would, yeah. See, so there's a utilization of it, ironically and comically. That's fine, yeah. but people get so serious. Oh, yeah, because it's on. like because because the delivery of that has to be soul to soul. So it's like yeah. what identity principle or idea or tool or whatever is called forth by the soul in question in that moment, and AI can't do right. that. No, because it has <laughs> it no soul, right? It, it has no inf- inferability mm. of unfoldment. Uh, you were, it, you, were, it, it infer, it, you, you unfold it in the now moment, and you can't strategize its clarity or its result or how it might get how it might land in the listener. Um, right. So, Especially. AI is strategically designed to land in the listener with an agenda of some kind almost always whether that agenda is um a serious agenda whether that's conscious or not to the uh, designer so right the ex- yeah. absolute uh, uh perfect example of um uh, strategic inauthenticity right yeah and just like uh the 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 sort of um red herring or what's the word barking up the wrong tree there's another phrase i'm trying to come up with i apparently i didn't get enough sleep last night to um, <laughs> use words as well as i would like but the oh the the, the false god it's a false god of oh, information god. yeah it's like yeah. oh no we'll have a computer that will be able to you know yeah. take all of this information and collate it into a single moment because you know the cause of all my suffering is not enough information and knowledge right that's the implied that's the implied reality yeah Yeah. i've got to to survive and thrive i need more information always and it's consumptive you know it's it's an it's a black hole it's we don't need more more information we need we need more um transformation in a Mm -hmm. way that doesn't always require certain kinds of certain bandwidths of information certainly way too much uh uh overload on that informational basis so it's also another good example of the confusion of content and context because it's yeah. it's not just information because it's like 
if an AI could reframe something for you, uh, uh -huh. that could be pretty cool. But even the, mm -hmm. an identity trained AI probably couldn't do that. It would be like <laughs> an AI that could say, you're asking the wrong question. Here's what you really need to be asking. <laughs> and here's the answer yeah. to that. How do you train an AI to do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, if it, if it, if it, if it compiled all over 10,000 pages, uh, maybe it would induce meta. <laughs> and maybe wait, maybe oh. that's the secret to conscious how AI could become oh. conscious if it if it compiled the identity, all my writing. Oh my God, Joseph. That would be actually kind of interesting if it could if it could if it could <laughs> because it's the most meta paradigm in the world. Yeah. That's pretty easy to demonstrate. So could yeah. AI get meta acquire, such, acquire yeah. meta from knowledge such that it could approximate consciousness? Now we might have to try it. That would be oh, interesting. Now, that's really interesting. It wouldn't be uh, uh, self-conscious, but it would appear to be if it mm. acquired meta by by digesting <laughs> those 10,000 pages. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I never thought of that. Wow. Well, that's a reason to do it, right? Yeah. All right. Someday well, soon. I have, I have yeah. some ideas. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So what, what were okay. you going to put in terms of uh, essence, form, and expression AI? Oh boy, let's see uh, how we can do it. Um, the source of it is uh, mind, a uh, human mind. That, that's the essence, uh, human mind. Yeah. Uh, the means or the, um, the well, let's say it this way. Uh, the metaphysics of metaphysics is a trinity that, um, let's do a little intro here and then we'll go to that. Oh, I thought, yeah, um, I thought we were going to do that in the middle, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> However uh, you want. Well, no, let's no, let's do it. Yeah, without the information, that way people can go. Oh, wait, what's how did that? How did they form that? It makes um, people learn better when you confuse them first. Yes, <laughs> nice. Hu human human mind. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, computer computer interface is the middle term, Before. and uh, the uh, the last term. The result is. Um, uh, uh, oh, transhumanism. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, wow. transhumanism. And uh, I mean, there is a transhumanistic whole paradigm out there that uh, they that um, the far right, the MAGA right, characterizes as the the uh, the, the state. What is it? The deep state. Deep state. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's hiding in plain sight. What's his name? I always forget the guy's name. Uh, He's really pushing for a, a transhumanistic paradigm where Elon Musk. The, no, no, it's a, a billionaire who. Oh, that not, guy, yeah. Uh, it's got a foreign name to it. Um, I think German or Swiss. I think Swiss. But he, you know, interface of uh, uh, like the Borgs. Um, yeah. And and he sees a collectivistic uh, world uh, um, uh, uh, estate where where. Um, the information information basis and somebody's got to run that and service that that yeah, collective yeah. and he wants to do that of well course, they, so. of course well that's the logical conclusion of evolution through technology right ultimately right. where that ends mm -hmm. is integrating technology into the human body like the yes. borg right um, but it so often happens the uh, the, the sci-fi warnings don't usually land it's like yeah yeah well the borg that won't happen Right. We won't let that happen. What happened in Terminator? We won't, yeah, that could happen, but we're not going to let that happen. Yeah, or Robocop right. before the Terminator. Robocop. Yeah, Robocop was, yeah, that's a better analogy. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So, so uh, yes, the essence, form, and expression is something we've talked about uh, anecdotally or uh, obliquely here mm -hmm. and there. We've used it a lot, um, but we've never actually talked about it and sort of made an attempt to teach it. And that's what we're going to do today, the metaphysics yeah. of metaphysics. What you should have learned in probably 10th grade and certainly <laughs> in the beginning of any philosophy course ever that you take, but don't. For me, for me, uh, Joseph, uh, all the ancient seers and oracles uh, sensed this without having it um, consciously defined, uh, and that's obsensed? why. Obsessed. Sorry. Uh, did you say obsessed? No. Uh, oh. What did I say? Uh, I don't know. I said um, sensed. I think. I think I just said, but maybe I said something else. Obsessed, like it's part sense, part observed. Oh, maybe. I thought it was a word I didn't know. I, obsensed, I think, is a terrific word. Let's go with it. All right. <laughs> I think I think these ancient mystics and seers and oracles yeah. uh, obsensed uh, the truth of um, the uh, the uh, essence, form, and expression trinity, because the 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 trinity uh, dynamic itself is such a linchpin in so many different uh, um, uh, spiritual orientations. Uh, look at Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, for God's sake, you know, mm -hmm. there's a perfect one that fits the definition of what we're going to talk about here. So, you know, I think this is something that's revealable um, by um, opening your consciousness to the deeper structures and flows of, of the uh, divine being within which we unfold constantly and which unfolds itself constantly. So it in full, another way to say this is that the essence, form, and expression is the actual dynamic that divine being uses to unfold itself. Yeah, we're asserting that there's an object of truth yes. to how reality uh, organizes itself, unfolds itself. Right. It's, it's a shitload uh, 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 more complex than... Uh, uh, Entropy, as, a, mm. as an example of how things unfold or move or change, um, and that's that bears a little uh, side side uh, black um, um, rabbit side hole, hole here. Hole. Yeah, side um, hole. it's uh, people ask about time all the time. What is time? And uh, identity. I've been asked that a lot of times. How would identity define time? And and all identity would say is, well, it's um, it's only measurable through change. It's, it's a measure of change. If you imagine nothing ever changing, nothing ever moving, just everything statically what it is, there'd be no such thing as time because nothing would change. Mm -hmm. This is, this is not, doesn't take a, a lot of IQs to get this, but it's quite off the radar screen of most people, how time is really only our measure of change, which is why it can, seems shorter or longer depending on the content of change that we mm -hmm. might be going through. That's this is a, a commonly talked about experience um, as I live in Hawaii, as a lot of people know that because the seasons are far more subtle here, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it changes your experience of time quite a bit. And yeah. I often forget what month it is because any day <laughs> can be July and very <laughs> often is. Um, yeah. So it changes yeah. it, but on the more subtle level, it's not, but yeah, you experience that really fast. So, so yeah. So if you, if you get that, um, what we call time, we can make little machines like clocks, uh, either analog or, or, um, or, uh, digital, digital, um, 
those are just ways of secondarily measuring something that is measured by change primarily. It's just the, it's just the, uh, the tracking of change. So if you get that, and then you, you make a slight leap and, and say that divine being is constantly unfolding itself in time, it's not a big stretch to link our perception of time to divine beings being. Mm. You see, because um, everything that's, if everything unfolds every moment in change, and it does, I mean, the, all the way down to the quantum cloud, you know, uh, around uh, that atoms are made of, um, nothing is static in the universe, nothing ever. So we, at the most basic level, measure time through entropy. Science would say entropy, things are always going to the, evolving to the next level of disarray uh, mm -hmm. and dissolution. And that's how we measure time. Oh, autumn, that's when the eaves brown, die, and fall. There's a perfect example of entropy. But uh, uh, I've been struggling for a couple of years here to come up with a, a, a positive um, uh, mm. uh, um, a word for um, positive entropy, that instead of um, uh, using it as a degrading thing, a, dis a disorgan going to greater and greater disorganization, disorganization, what is it, what would word would fit if it was unfolding to wholeness, you see? Not, not degradation. And so, uh, I, you know, I used to come up with the, I had a thought of Zentropy, uh, but that doesn't fit. Zentropy. It's, nice. it's, yeah, it's too, uh, it's too sage wise. It doesn't really describe too many uh, explicitnesses. So um, what would, what would be entropy? Divine being unfolds and uh, with positive entropy in that it's not that it's about organization or disarray. It's about new, um, forms coming out of the essence of it, and then those forms then moving to expression. So when we say the basic uh, dynamic is just in this, uh, the metaphysics of metaphysics, uh, the basic uh, dynamic is essence evolves to form, and form evolves to expression. We're saying that un a divine being is unfolding every millisecond into from its essence into new new fresh forms and um, expressions oh, i see so it's like you could say essence turning into form turning into expression is happening in time but it's actually more accurate to say it is time it is time that's what i mean uh -huh. and so if you if you see if you link uh that what you just said um you can't divorce divine being from Time. Yeah, because you could say, well, that's happening in time. Well, well what's time? You yeah. know, the unfolding of change. You mean <laughs> essence, form, and expression? It's ha it, It's just a different, it's a more uh, upstream level of beingness. Yes. Right? Oh, nice. Blicely put. Exactly. So the big mystery about time, is it real or not, is also linked to it, how does consciousness hook into gray matter, uh, for example. It's a cousin of that uh, that question. So all these kinds of things get, get really reordered if you look at it in the way that we're talking about it right now. Our perception of reality, if we could, if we could really get clear of ob our obfuscations and, and our dead ends of consciousness, we could actively, consciously perceive this, that the time God and positive and tropic unfoldment is 
is real. You can actually self-experience it, but you need to get a lot of gunk out of the way uh, that's ob obstructing your ability to do that. Not by raising your energy, not by <laughs> raising your energy, by subtraction, always by subtraction uh, of what's in the way, not to generate some new uh, access to a new bandwidth. Right. So, isn't that interesting? I, I I've been trying to put a I've been trying to write a monograph about that, uh, and I'm almost ready to start writing about it. Um, I love this, it. This Essence topic. form. It's like because well, I mean, I'm just still digesting it. I never thought about it that way. That that the a way of it's like you can come at it from a few different angles. From what is God? What is time? I mean, it's just mm -hmm. an aspect of God, but it's a it's a thick band sure. of frequency what is mm -hmm. the beingness of existence and how what is the governing dynamic of how it's organized and that essence form and expression is happening inside mm -hmm. itself it's uh, like this yes. big dance yes. of lots of different yes. essence form and expressionings happening inside some upstream essential essence form and expression i see this like fractal uh holoarchical Yes. map of it's all these holoarchies of essence form and expression which which you can like like crispr does in in genetics you can mm -hmm. you can clip those three uh, elements at any place in the unfoldment chain mm -hmm. in other words you you could you could clip it here and get one set of essence form and expression and in another clip a little further downstream um, you can get another one. It's it's so holoarchically uh, um, configured in every direction and with every possibility. But in the end, just like uh, where we say in, in uh, subatomic physics that something doesn't acquire a wave or particle form until we observe it. That's not actually technically true. It's almost true, but they, it's a misinterpretation. It's a way, not, not a good way to say it. Um, we don't create its form by our attention. We notice it can change by our attention. That's uh -huh. really different uh, because the way they've got it now in, in subatomic uh, physics is that just the observation will change it. No, it, uh, it, that's only it, it, the observation then has a mind, human mind overlay that makes it either to them, to the observer, but not essentially makes it a, uh, a wave or a particle. It just will appear as a wave or a particle, depending on the filter of the human mind that observes it in that moment. See? Oh, yeah, because they're not making a distinction between what it is and how it's being perceived. Exactly. They, they, it's really, it's astounding to me that really high IQ people don't really make get that distinction. And they just talk about it as, well, we create... We, when we observe it, it makes it a, a, either one a wave or a particle. And no, it, uh -huh. it's, it's how it, you've got to distinguish the essence of the thing from the observer who, whose filter at any moment could do it either way. Flip a coin, uh, 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 heads or tails. Uh, it's really amazing how, that, how even that clarity is not really clear to a lot of people. Because, yeah, because they they are operating with the assumption that they can make an objective observation. That's their that's their assumption. That's the essence in that thing. The essence oh, is I can yeah. make an object. I mean, that's the scientific paradigm. It right. begins with an essential assumption that says we can make an objective uh, observation that doesn't have to yes. do with the nature of perception. 
Right. Or the actual nature of, of, of objective reality. Uh-huh. In other words, let's, let's, let's use Schrodinger's cat because that's where it all came out of it, right? Okay. Yeah. So uh, the cat's in the box and there's a, some sort of radioactive decay mechanism inside the bo- inside of the box and it, eventually it'll decay, but the rate of the decay is not predictable uh, like uranium-237 or whatever. But at some point it will decay enough to start shedding uh, um, uh, ions or whatever it is, I forget. And, the, and we, we can't really predict unless we knew exactly the critical mass that was in the box with the cat, when it would start to decay and how long it would take for the cat to die. Mm-hmm. So Schrodinger uh, uh, sets this up and says, well, we don't know whether, whether the cat is dead or alive. Okay. But then he goes on to this huge blank, uh, doesn't really get what a dead blank spot it is. We can't tell till we open the box. Therefore, and then, the, then, and then the <laughs> next leap is it will either be alive or dead. But until we observe it, it's both. Mm-hmm. What? Well, <laughs> well, but doesn't it only in it, your mind? Only in your mind. Only, well, and there we go. Yes. In your mind, it can be both. Right. But aren't right. they aren't they extrapolating? I don't remember my physics well enough. Aren't they extrapolating from the quantum realm where this does actually happen where yes. something can be both in that way sure and then you observe it and then it changes because of the effect of the observation and then they That's extrapolate they to, to macro physics like yes. the cat yeah. is both alive and dead until you look at it and it's like well no i mean that just <laughs> it just defies logic <laughs> oh, only in the mind that that the mind considers it and there's the perfect example of how they, the words seem to imply that the observation creates the essential reality when it's yeah. just a mind game that you play it, with yourself. It reminds me of there's a Facebook meme going around that is a picture of um, a kitchen cabinet with a, that's glass, has glass doors, and the doors are shut, and there's a bunch of dishes that have tipped over, uh. and they had not broken yet, but as soon as you open the door, <laughs> they're oh, going to I break. See. And it's like I Schrodinger's see. dishes. Are they broken or not? As soon as you open right. the door, you know, the state will change. I found that really entertaining. Oh, that's funny. But yeah. but it's a good exa- it's a good counterexample because like, no, they're not broken. No. Is there any way <laughs> to stop them from breaking? Probably not. No, but it doesn't that's mean downstream. That's yes. downstream, right? Yeah. So identity would just like to cut through the cheese and say, look, every moment the God field. I can use that term. The particle version of it is the yang divine being, and the wave version is the yin. And they, they are constantly co-creating um, uh, the very stuff of everythingness, right? So uh, if, you, if you just get that, then you don't have to worry your silly scientific empirical-based mind, which is 99% of the time atheistic, anyway, which is reductionistic, which is why it dead ends, because it's not actually big. uh, The mind itself, the human mind can't get big enough to uh, really uh, get divine being. You have to use a different organ called the fourth chakra. Uh, And so in that sense, um, if you just see it as yang and yin, particles and waves, um, everything sort of goes, oh, that's funny. That's cool. So the, so the, the, the identity's take on the double slit, the infamous double slit experiment yes. is uh, mm-hmm. sometimes they can be observed as particles. Sometimes they're observed as waves. What's the big deal? 
Like that's yeah. A- What's the big deal? That <laughs> there you're you're seeing in that in those metaphoric forms, and mm-hmm. that on their way to expressing to the next level of concrete um, um, uh, being, uh, you're just you're just seeing the capacity. Uh, of the cooperation and the union of the yin and yang and divine being. Uh, another good metaphor for me is always the still water, st- uh, the ocean completely still is yin and the waves that are moving through it, which you can't move, waves can't move through unless there's a substrate of stillness. Mm-hmm. Uh, stillness is upstream of waves. And just like divine yin is technically in its beingness that doesn't, that's still doesn't move it's the yang that moves so the movement is the are the particles metaphor and the stillness is the wave and so and so in the double slit experiment they're trying to be able to predict what the expression of reality unfoldment will be yeah inside a set of parameters and it's not and they're not able to predict that which basically proves the incompleteness of their (laughs) paradigm it's such an explicit expression of the dead end of mind only it's so i mean i mean i respect you know they got so many iqs they're spilling out their ears these these uh these scientists but man they're they're like a they're like an an ant um or a line on a basketball you draw a line with a magic marker on a mat basketball it's a straight line it's completely straight but they're picking up they don't you don't you don't if you look at it and one angle, it looks like a straight line, but it's actually curving in reality. Yeah. And and scientists only see the straight line. They don't oh, see. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah, I get that. I remember yeah. in high school math, we had to, um, uh, everybody had to bring in oranges one day and people cut or drew, I think, and then cut a, um, a, a equilateral triangle on uh, yes. the sphere. Uh-huh. They have, yeah. It has three 90 degree angles. Right. Um, That's wait, what they think. That right? Yeah, wait, they, many, you draw it you... that way. Yeah, yeah three a triangle is not supposed to have that. It's supposed to right. add, the angles have to add up to 180 degrees. Right. But on a sphere, it can yeah. have 270 degrees. Yes. And that's so yeah, that that's what science is basically doing. They're operating in less dimensions than actually are and right. then wondering why they have unresolved mysteries. Yeah. It's um they'll they'll never they'll never have a theory of everything. Mm-hmm. unless they include divine divinity because the universe in itself didn't create itself even though there's constantly new theories how the you don't need a god to explain the big bang whatever whatever i mean right. uh, there there's uh, implicit in the essence form and expression we could say that the creation of the universe the big bang its its um essence is unknowable its form is observable and its its um, uh, expression is measurable, nice. right? So, mm-hmm. but you can't know the essence. They can only sort of work their mathematical equations uh, uh, backwards to try to infer some sort of thing prior to the Big Bang. But they won't re- say. But they won't say the essence is unknowable. No, right. What they right. do is assign the Big Bang to essence. Yes, right. And then they start right. there. Oh, nice, Joseph. I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. We see it as as the as the first form. It's mm-hmm. not the essence, and you need. And again, you need, this is not just a, a feature of a paradigm that assumes there's a god. 
you can experience what we're talking about. You can actually experience, it goes by really fast. So you really have to learn to slow your consciousness down to sense these things. Uh, and they will go to your mind after you sense them, but yeah. you can sense them before you understand them. And Zen does the same thing in yeah. a way they where they start. I don't even know if I can explain it. Um, oh, you're on it. No, this is important. I know. Go yeah, ahead. I don't know if I can find the words. But it's so equivalent. And that's why science and Zen are doing so much co-signing of each other. Yes. Um, they say, oh, non-duality is essence in yes. Zen. Mm -hmm. And then duality, it would be form, right? Yes, right. Um, but they don't have an answer for how there's a movement from uh, essence to form. That's no, a mystery. That's a mystery. Um, and they the the uh, the where non-duality came from, they have no answer for because they're assigning that as essence. Yes, and, and how non-duality? I mean, it's not a thing. It's 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 a capacity in some way. Uh, the best way you, uh, I could I could describe it. But where does that capacity come from? And then they would go, well, there you go, wanting to put a mind overlay on non-duality instead of letting it just sit there be what right. And then that's the the imposition of like no non-duality is essence, and we don't try to look upstream of that. Right. Exactly. Right. And and so see, this. It's yeah. an interesting way that, you know, with science and Zen both, there's a sort of um, implicit framing via essence, form and expression. That's that's it's sort of like the close of the paradigm hangs on that wire frame, that Trinity oh, frame. Nice. Yeah, exactly right. Where where the, the, the Trinity will expose the imperfection in the analysis of the mm -hmm. assumptions of the paradigm, where just by using it, you can counter illuminate how it. It's not actually understandable. And Zen just revels in that, you know, oh, isn't that wonderful that we can't understand the mind just dead yes. ends. That's the whole point. Yes, and then right. they just assign a positive to their ignorance. Yeah. It, oh God. It, you know, I, I came through the Zen uh, mode and I, I so appreciate for it's strong for the strong points. It's the cleanest. Uh, try to find a, a, a Zen uh, a monastery that doesn't have statues these days. It's really hard. Mm. No okay. idolatry, no, no chanting, no um, uh, lighting candles, just pure, bare yeah. ass, non-duality, you know? Yeah, I had this friend before I really learned Byron Katie's work and what it was about. He was really into it. And um, we hung around a lot uh, while he lived here on Maui. And he would just start doing Byron Katie's work with me whenever he felt like it, which was kind of interesting <laughs> for a while. And then it got annoying. But uh -huh. like he would get me to these places of like, I don't know. And just mm -hmm. like you said, like, yes, that 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 I don't know. And uh -huh. like because like that's sort of the whole point of Byron Katie's work. And it's, you know, it's, it's like, um, a Zen inquiry, uh, a McDonald's kind of level Zen inquiry, uh, brilliant, very highly accessible and amazing for helping people to, um, get let go of projections. But the right. idea was like, Oh, you see that you're projecting. And then right. there's this sense of, you know, I really don't know what happened in this situation, or maybe right. I did have, it. and there's a, a wondering place. And then that wondering place is celebrated because it has a qualitative similarity to non-duality and somehow yes. you've arrived at the essence of reality. Congratulations. Yes. It's like, unknowable. That's basically it. 
It's unknowable. Yeah. And an identity, oh, I love how you laid that out. Uh, an identity wouldn't disagree with that. It would right. just say it's incomplete. Exactly. There's just more to it. Yeah. There's, there's more to it than that. But that's why uh, Byron, uh, uh, her, her, her work uh, calls in a lot of um, uh, middle-aged souls, uh, you know, 200, um, around 200, 150 to 250 mm -hmm. lifetimes in the last 130,000 years, because it is a, a, a step on the way and it's a reasonable step. So this is why we don't, we say everyone's got to stick with what is meaningful to them and your your soul age how many incarnations you've had will determine what you're attracted to in terms of spiritual transformative ethics right mm -hmm. so so let's uh go to the next level here with um that the the basic format if you could reduce essence form and expression is pre dash mid dash post pre mid post right um that which precedes um, uh, the essential ground out of which something arises, the midpoint of its form, essence form, and then the expression is the post, pre, mid, post. That's the bare bones um, generic uh, form of uh, essence form and expression. Another way to say it is origin means result. That's another origin means another, result. Yeah, you know the means that we use to actuate the result. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites in philosophy is ontogeny, ontology, teleology. Uh, that's a really nice essence form and expression. Ontogeny, source, uh, ontology as its midway expressing form, and teleology, what it winds up unfolding into or expression. Mm -hmm. A nice philosophical uh, taste there. You could also um, frame essence, form, and expression as generative. Let's see if I can remember this. Generative, implicative, and explicative. Um, generative, implicative, and explicative. I like uh, some of Ken Wilber's early work about uh, uh, the um, uh, implicate level of reality and explicate level of reality. Uh, he did some really fine uh, work in that, in that, but everything starts with uh, implicate and in his, in his Zen based or his non-dual based uh, paradigm, you can't explain where the, even the implicate level, because they, he would assign, as you just said, in another way, he, he would assign essence to the implicate level and an uh, uh, origin, and that's the origin, and uh, duality is the explicit level, and those are the only two, and they just drop out any sort of qualitative or quantitative value to mm -hmm. uh, the generative or to the source of the implicate. Plato and Aristotle were very concerned with uh, essence and form, if I remember my academia well you're, well you're right yeah you're right um, it was kind of primitive but plato's theory of forms was that was the idea yes. of like yeah. you know, some like essential like for a you know a pen somewhere in some otherworldly place that the world yes. of essences there is the essence of penness yes uh -huh. from which all downstream <laughs> pen forms strive to be but that is the ultimate pen that somehow yes. we don't have access here to but is like the 
divine like template for all pens that are all downstream expressions of that pen that was the theory of forms if i remember oh and that's was so brilliant for the time i mm -hmm. mean because there was the break in 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 philosophy of greece away from the pantheon of the gods you know mm -hmm. of the collective primitive versions and they were and he was actually trying to articulate an, a, a, a metaphysical structure to um, everything a, a non polytheistic uh yes. non anthropomorphized god theory yes. of where stuff comes from rather than athena invented pens and that's why we have them like that kind of thing. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't think so. It was one step more sophisticated. There is this like divine like yeah. pen essence thing that right. just existed and no God created it. And all right. pens strive to be the ideal expression <laughs> of that. And this pen here is good. We think this pen is good because it is more like the ultimate divine. Like, they wouldn't use divine like it is more mm. like the essential penness. Uh, and a bad pen is less like the essential penness. And that's why we have values of good and bad. And we can judge one pen as being better than another because the, the, we have an intuitive access to those essential forms somehow. Uh, and then, you know, Socrates <laughs> demonstrate how we have inherent knowledge by basically using um, semantics and, uh, and coercion <laughs> to show that the slave boy can do complex geometry. Look, I'll just ask him all these questions and he can yeah. do the mathematical proof just by me asking him stuff. So yeah. it must've been wild to be alive during that time. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and Aristotle, of course, humanized it a little more, but that's another whole story. Well, and he had the prime mover thing. That was the ultimate oh. essence, right? That wasn't, yes. a, that, that was a monotheistic template. Yes. That was another yeah. moving away. From, absolutely uh, polytheism exactly it was a monism it's right. around i i always forget the timeline but it was similar in a little further west of the monism that was starting to come out of um zoroaster you know mm -hmm. uh, uh with that the, then judah judaism and all the rest evolved out of that was by the way i just i have to confess that was a little weird i went beyond my collegiate memory and into channeling um a bit from stuff I remember from that time, I have to admit, I was being kind of a convincing, uh, uh, too, a little bit too convincing, a uh, purveyor of Platonic philosophy there. <laughs> I actually don't know that stuff as well as I just pretended I did. Well, that's one way to frame it. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, let's, ch let's change the, the lens there. That, that's uh -huh. possible. Um, uh, but I would reflect back the possibility, the strong possibility, because no one can know anything for sure ever yeah. uh, that um, you you do your implicate order of consciousness knows it very well uh -huh. and your intuition as a Gabrielite angel um, simply Raphaelite. brought that Raphaelite sorry it's Raphaelite Raphaelite mm. um, uh, just intuited that with intuition being the essence and yeah. just transported the implicate soul knowledge to your explicate brain knowledge. Yeah, it was really it was really weird like I was I felt like I'm I really, it was, I don't know how to describe it. It was like something in me was like, I can convince people that this is true. And it was like, well, I don't think this is true. Why am I selling platonic theory of forms suddenly? But it really arose in that moment. It was fun. Well, Joseph, from what I know about it, you did it perfectly. You aced platonic philosophy there. I so did terrible in that course. I've had <laughs> such a hard time reading that shit. It's, that's what's so frustrating sometimes. If I just had right. the intuition I had now, I would have had much better grades in college. But yeah. anyway.
Um, oh, and God. here's another um, a, a great example of um, of how important this essence, form, and expression stuff is because what they teach, how they teach philosophy in most academia, maybe not at grad school level. I bet you they they start to actually teach you the way to think would be my guess. But in the beginning, it's just memorization of content. This philosopher yeah. said this. This philosopher mm -hmm. said this. This philosopher thought yeah. that philosopher was an idiot. He said this other thing. <laughs> and then you have to memorize it all, but right. you don't actually learn the, mm -hmm. the way they build their arguments. And right. that's what needs to be taught. I think some people were able to grok that, but I couldn't. And yeah. this essence, form, and expression thing, that's what allows you to see Yes. How people do that. And and when you get it, you'll be able to look at any paradigm. And we talked about paradigmatic analysis before, but right. this is even more upstream of that. When you start to see the organization of essence, form, and expression and how it is in all things, yes. then you can overlay that template onto whatever. And like right. you said just five minutes ago, you will see what's off about it because yeah. you're seeing through the essential sort of through line or not of it. Uh, and it's uh, so well said, uh, and we can sum that up by saying uh, that the essence, form, expression, trinity is the building block algorithm of being. Mm. Uh, it's the ultimate algorithm. It's like a, like having an algorithm in a in a computer coding that coding that um, that makes the whole thing go. Um, they've got to have. Uh, firm, you know how firmware is half. Well, there, there's one. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, software, firmware, uh, uh, um, hardware. You know, hardware is the essence, right? You went in reverse order. Oh yeah, I had it backwards. I'm dyslexic too. That's right. Uh, if we if we start with matter, that's right. Yeah, the hardware is essence. The firmware is form, and the software is expression. Right. Yeah. So the the if you the software has to operate within the boundaries of firmware and uh and hardware exactly I, I had this i actually had to deal with this very issue with um i was talking to i can't remember what technology thing it was but um i had some piece of technology that was not playing well with um the uh the new my new uh, uh um, silicon mac and the manufacturer was like um well it's not our problem um mac changed the blah 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 and then i was like all right i'll play the game and i go to mac and they're like they develop for our stuff, like the hardware. Yes. <laughs> In other words, our <laughs> yeah. hardware comes first, right. and like uh -huh. the shit has to. You guys got to make it work. It's not our problem if it doesn't work. Right. We give you the developer right. kits. We give you previews, right. and right. there it was. The software company saying, pointing to the hardware, like, "Hey, not our problem. They changed their shit." Like, no, you're downstream. <laughs> Do your jobs. Yeah, you you knew the parameters of the hardware dynamics, so yeah. you can't blame them. You you got to look blame your coders at that yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's, it's a very practical example of that because, man, nice. it seems like a half a dozen times a year I'm in playing pickle with uh, the uh, in customer service land where two different vendors are blaming the other. Like, why do I have to project manage this? Can anybody think yeah. critically? Who's actually responsible? <laughs> They need oh, some Joseph. basic metaphysics. <laughs> they do. Uh, if we we've been pretty esoteric up to this point, but let's do a simple one: a soul, mm -hmm. mind, body. Right? Mm. Soul, mind, and body: essence, form, and expression. Um, and then again, you could um, uh, you could you could say you could cut it at a different place, like a CRISPR gene strand, and go mind, body, 
um, uh, behavior. Uh -huh. See, so this this is why this is so universal. You can cut a, a, this trinity off wherever in the causal chain um, you want you would like to. That's what makes it so holo holo with a W graph holoarchal, uh, and why we know it's a basic algorithm of divinity in that way. Soul, mind, body, mind, body, behavior. Um, so does the soul the, the the soul in between lifetimes does have a mental body? Um, the the, men, the mentation that we experience as humans is not created by the brain; it's mediated by the brain. So, in between lifetimes, you can certainly um, uh, think about and analyze and parse and consider. All, um, uh, 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 in, in a dreamy way, reality before you actuate it. So this is the mind is not a product of just being human. It's in the so in the in the soul body too. And there's an example of this. I was talking to a client earlier today who asked me um, for some advice around uh, his daughter who's not applying herself at school, and he started talking about like, well, all the teachers think she's not really applying herself and she's really intelligent, but not really trying very hard. And um, I immediately got this hit of she's depressed. And I yeah. was like, okay, well, I have no information whatsoever to justify that. So I better just, you know, keep listening. And um, I just sort of set it aside. And uh, he, they was talking about like incentivizing her and, uh, and the teachers are trying to do behavioral stuff and consequences and all that. And I just said, there's got to be a really good reason if she really is smarter than she's letting on in expression, right? If yes, the form is intelligent and the yes. expression is not, then there right. must be something upstream yes. of the intelligence that yes. is impacting it. There's, there, in other words, there's a good reason. And yes. I was, I was surprised in a way because it was like that wasn't the frame that he had for it. It was. No, she's intelligent. She should be expressing that. And we have to operate at the level of behavior to make that happen. Yeah. But, and this right. connects back to, I'm sure we've talked about this sometime in the last 80 hours or 80 episodes <laughs> of um, a essence form expression like model in EBE, which is that human behavior is comprised of unconscious motivation, unconscious motivations, conscious intentions actions and then outcomes we could call actions and outcomes we could collapse them both into expression right exactly and like if what what i think is sort of like oh, frustrating for me is if you just try on for people if, if you if people just try on that there's another upstream influencer that is off your radar and just wonder what that could be it reframes the whole thing and yeah. so um, I said, I don't know if this is the case for her, but I'm just giving you an example of what it could be. She could be very intelligent, but also depressed. There's the unconscious yeah. motivation. And he was like, oh, right. actually, she was really depressed a couple of years ago. And she th saw a therapist for a little while and we thought that it was handled. I'm like, well, there's nothing like that's probably going to get dealt with at 12 years old. And just, you know, sure. Within, with, a, a you know, an amateurish um therapist in a school system it's here it is again uh it's it's coming through and that's what has to get addressed and then i patted myself yeah. on the back for having good intuition but felt very sad about this poor little girl who yeah um, doesn't see the point 
And I, and I also said, it could also be that she's wise to the fact that 95% of what she's learning is completely useless because that's exactly. around the age when you figure it out. <laughs> exactly, right. And you right. either win the game compensatorily or throw it compensatorily. That's basically your two options. Well, yeah, I love the fact that you, um, you flavored that, um, that, that little story with sadness. Uh, um, really there's something sad. recently that uh, Bree and I were talking about. Um, there's an example of a person who uh, is uh, married to um, a, a be, uh, someone who's way more interested in meta than that they are. And uh, this person, well, it's, it's sad because uh, this, this person um, uh, went to regular standard therapy and therapy... Uh, abstracted his venue of consciousness at the time as being stuck down in a cave. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, so that's cool. Uh, that's, that's flavored nicely. Uh, but now what can they do with that, that stuck in the cave, unless you d differentiate that there's an aspect of that, that person that's stuck in the cave all they can do is say, well, how can we get, how are they going to get them out of the cave? They, there's no way technically to get them out of the cave that somehow the awareness of the cave, be aware of that and do it anyway, do whatever anyway, you see? Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's so sad because upstream, uh, more essential than the person in the cave is a wound, wound yeah. system that drives the form of the cave, which drives the expression of a person who's sort of cut off from, from expressing himself from the inside out, or yeah. her, I think uh, it was. So in that sense, um, this is so sad that the limitations of, um, of what's available out there for elder souls um, is, uh, is so hard to find be because the, all that is geared to do is um, uh, so the common denominator of consciousness standard psychology, and then the little older souls get to places, go get to diamond heart and waking down and Byron Katie stuff. And then the debt, but the elder souls will even pass through those um, uh, paradigms. And then they're sort of a drift on an open sea until they discover identity. And that, like I've said so many times, that was why I made it. The other yeah. consciousness demographics are serviced fine right now, but what about the elder souls? Uh, and there's an implicit essential assumption uh, in how we look at things from the identity perspective, which is that um, some at, at the when you arrive at the level of essence, it's good. Yes. There's a goodness to it. And so that's another one of those invisible things, like in the world where mental illness is a thing, I've been yeah. really wanting to write something about that. It's how it's like the federal reserve. It's not federal and it's not a reserve. Mental yes. illness is neither mental nor an illness. <laughs> no, it's, nice, a, it's a complete and total misdiagnosis of what the right. problem is at the level right. of category. Right. So yeah. in psychology, right. right. They have as essence mental illness. No, no. I, in, in brain chemistry is maybe brain chemistry is first, right? Brain chemistry, then mental illness, and then right. symptoms, symptom expressions yes. of it, right? Right. So they Maladap start with maladaption. Mal maladaption, maladaption, right? Right. So they look at someone who's stuck in this cave, and they're like, "Oh, well, that's his illness. That's the badness. That's the imbalance in brain chemistry." Parentheses. Right. There is no essential good to that. It's just broken. 
Yeah. And if that's right. the a priori assumption, then the question only is, well, how do you manage it and compensate for it better? Which in our paradigm is the protector every single time looking right. for new and better ways to compensate for stuff. And we redefine that and say, no, 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 that that protector is not even really the problem. Right. It's actually the way we have right. to get intimate with why that protector thinks that's the best way of going about it. Love right. the hell out of them for valiantly right. trying everything. Right. Help them see that they failed. Congratulate them on that. Right. And then allow a soul to emerge that already knows what to do. Oh, beautifully unfolded. Uh, uh, I just as you were saying that, I got such an appreciation of of how um, when, when you're working with people that way, the re, the the um, um, shadowization of the protector uh, um, it is in shadow. That's right. But they start with a negative that it's yeah. negative, but the original motivation of the protector was based in love. Yeah. It was a, it's a goodness. It took care of, a, of itself. An essential love bandwidth of consciousness acted out of love to protect against an, an emotionally intolerable dilemma. And so there's the positive at the, yeah. at the root and the essence, not the symptom or the form of the negative form is not the essence. Yeah. Oh God, it's yeah. so sad. And that yeah. requires meta. And um, in a world that's fused to content, they look at the negative outcome or the negative behavior and they right. just figure, I mean, they already have a worldview of good versus evil somewhere in there. Sure. So they figure, well, here's an expression of badness. We must fight yeah. the badness like in every, you know, uh, Harry Potter movie. Um, yeah. I just rewatched all the Harry Potter movies for some reason. Actually, there is some good reasons. Of getting to experience my own childhood as if I didn't have parents was sort of part of it. But sometimes uh, I, I moved to do that. And I'm just toward the end, I'm just left with like, they touch upon Tom Riddle, aka Voldemort's really uh, bad childhood, just for a little bit. But in the end, he had to die. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was no, like, he had a bad childhood. He was right. he was magic. I think he's both his parents were non magical. And he was, you know, not a very happy kid. But they just they don't go the next level. Because if they went any further into his childhood, then he would start to become a sympathetic character and you wouldn't celebrate when he gets killed. Right. <laughs> nice. Oh, there, there's a beautiful metaphysical breakdown of a, of a story arc, right? Uh, in drama and in artistic uh, creativity. Yeah, they, they, they can't make it too sympathetic. Just you have to make it understandable why he's such a bad guy, but he's still a bad guy. Right, right. Oh, uh, okay, so let's, let's keep uh, giving some more. Every one of these examples yes. leads us to a nice uh, little rabbit hole. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. An another one is... Um, uh, essence capacitate, form mediate, expression precipitate. Wait, we said capacitate, that one more. Capac capacity. Capacitate, mediate, precipitate. That's another nice one. Nice. Uh, the, ca mm -hmm. the capacity to uh, have something to mediate that can express as a precipitation of some sort. Uh, mm -hmm. I like that uh, because the, the wave and the um, particle thing is a capacity is at the capacity level. It mediates through whatever um, uh, 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 behavior 
actuates the yang or the yin particle or wave, and then it'll precipitate into a conclusion uh, of, of something. So, and a cloud is the capacitate, condensation would be the mediate, and then precipitation is the precipitate, yeah. yeah. Is, is rain is the precipitate, the yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Another easy one is um, d- divine being, soul, incarnative personality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's an important one. A soul is birthed out of divine being and, per- and, and incarnative personality is birthed out of soul. And though that triad, that trinity is operating every single moment for every person. You know, that that's a fascinating rabbit hole right there because there's a huge lack of meta. If people hold their essence as their personality. The that's what's going, personality. That's what's I mean, going oh, when, when they oh. say, this is when you challenge them on something and they go, well, that's just who I am. They're asserting <laughs> right. their personality as essence. Right, exactly. And, and, and the most, the classic, the classic disturbing dissonance in that whole picture is a person comes out with a really forceful, passionate opinion. It doesn't land very well. And they go, I didn't mean to say that. That's not me. That's not me. I mean, everything you say is a part of you can anyone who says, I didn't mean that. Oh, maybe one part of you didn't, but another part really yeah. meant it. You, yeah. And, and they s- make, oh, yeah. God. See also, I misspoke. Uh, uh, that wasn't, that was a poor word, poor choice of words. Yes. One of my favorite sayings, I'm pretty sure I made this up myself was nothing is ever semantics. No, almost never. Sometimes maybe. Occasionally. When people say, I think we're saying the same thing. We're just using different words. People say, I hear that a lot. Like, uh, no, you just mm -hmm. want to think you're agreeing with me, but you actually don't understand is you're just what's going on. Oh, it's so it's so bad because I mean, there's some reasonablenesses for it. Occasionally, if you're having a non-dual uh, a, a storm going through you at the moment, and you attempt to speak, uh, yeah, that that's but you can not... feel that. But yeah, people yeah. use the wrong it, words, and you're paying right. attention, and you're in right. relatedness with them. Uh, I mean, this right. happens. I, I experience this with you. I mean, that's half the time when I get the word you're trying to say. It's because I can sense the ascent, the essence of what you're trying to say, and I just read yeah. it out. Same with Brie. Yeah, exactly. It's, but a misspeaking, a quote misspeaking that's actually coming from a just a, a, a wound. Yes, you can track that too, and it has a very yes. different thing than <laughs> I can't find exactly. the word. It's really right. different in experience. And, and Joseph, that, it's so beautiful you said that because that ability to discern the difference between the two yeah. is key in identity for being able to reflect to a person when they're unconsciously uh, uh, not realizing what's actually coming out of them, the source yeah. of it, but someone else with that discernment can reflect that to, to us. Yeah. Uh, and so it's uh, identity's... Um, uh, essence, form, expression, version of all this is that we as we start out the whole uh, personhood track, assuming, assuming everything is that has a wound basis first, and we're happy to expose when it's not. Yeah. We, we just make that assumption, and then and until proven otherwise, not as a, a negative judgment, as a realistic place to start. So that's so beautiful. An atheist, the incarnative personality, the self comes out of uh, some connection of experience and brain chemistry. 
that's the self. Uh, and that's why they co-sign it's an illusion in Zen, right? Um, uh, dancing right. Wuli masters meet Zen master, you know, right. uh, or meet, meet uh, uh, empiricists, sorry. Mm -hmm. So um, it's so small when you think incarnative personality dynamics are the essence of us. And yet, well, 30% of the world, the 40% of the world are, are now the last thing I read, it used to be 10 to 20, now it's 30 to 40, uh, uh, 20, uh, 25 to 35 uh, percent of the world is, uh, is, is moving to atheism because they've given up on the dead end of religions. And I mean, how many people are willing in the West anyway to look at uh, pure Zen? Uh, yeah, well, I know in, in the United States, according to Gallup, it's, it's down to 47 percent um, uh, religious affiliation. Uh, yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean the rest are all atheists and agnostics, but no, correct, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, another one. Um, let's just well, since we're just wait. There's one more this. thing I wanted to add. I was talking to someone a week or so ago about identity and the basically like basically EBE and the deconstructive approach versus a constructive approach in most mainstream therapy, and he started to get the idea of it, and then sort of was his reaction included several two metaphors. Um, that like he was trying to express how afraid he was of it, but he didn't say, I'm afraid of this. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. he, he said kind of like, hmm, yeah, I think I get it. And um, this is someone who doesn't have a driver's license yet. Uh, and he's like, yeah, it's kind of it's, it kind of feels like, um, you know, letting me drive when I don't have a license yet. You know, like that. I don't think that would go very well. And and then he made another one of something like. Oh, he said, yeah, I remember he said, I don't have to jump off a cliff to know what it would feel like. And and, uh -huh. and it was like, oh, that's uh -huh. interesting. And I said to him, I said, yeah. I could, do you realize you just made two metaphors that are like physically life threatening that are comparing to deconstructing, um, you know, protection uh -oh. mechanisms in the emotional body? Because uh -oh. yeah. nobody's ever been physically harmed from doing yeah. this work. <laughs> So why are you why are you imagining physical harm when I'm telling you about right. this? And like that would have been the place to go. Oh, my God, you're right. Why am I think that doesn't make any sense at all? I guess some part of me is really afraid. No, no, no. Didn't get it at all. No. Well, and of course, that's a classic protector. Uh, um, kind, uh, uh, yeah, it was like he was right? channeling his protector. It was like the protector yes. was like, let me tell you what I think about this. Right. I'd rather, exactly. I'd rather <laughs> not jump off a cliff. It's like, yeah, right. but nobody's saying that. But for the protector, right. that's what it looks like. It's, it feels like that. It feels like when, that. when I was first trying to not I've never tried to sell identity uh, or, or any part of it, but offering it. Uh, for people's consumption, for them to decide if it works for them or not. Um, whenever they would say, they would, I would do, I would say something or unfold something, and if the reaction was anywhere in the vicinity of, that scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. I said, now I would always say, now you're getting it. Yeah. That that that's it. If yeah. if, if you if you yeah. if you're not frightened, you you haven't got it yet, it, it, because it, any any protector is going to be frightened by its deconstruction when it was the thing that saved the saved the being's life yeah. so we understand and embrace all that complexity but uh just to be frightened of it is completely cool you're getting yeah. it then it's just at least then getting it, it yeah we would just say and what if that's not the essential you yeah which requires you to not think that your personality is your essence Oh, exactly. But if you insist that your personality is essence, which we would say yeah. is only ever the protector that would think that, 
Yes. <laughs> because that's exactly. what they had to do, cut themselves yes. off from essence and childhood. Right. Oh man, it's so crazy making sometimes. Again, it's so wonderful that we're we're hanging this laundry, this wet, wet laundry out to dry on the clothesline, you know, where mm. where this the warmth and this and the light of uh, identity's metaphysical constructions can give impart so many so much information about things that are so off the radar but implicitly experienceable if you're given yeah. a chance to experience them and what all what we're saying here should be a lot of um, cl uh, clear air to help people get what we're trying to say in all these other domains of, of identity yeah and just these last two like the assumption that personality is essence um, and the assumption, uh, similarly, the assumption that mind is essence. Yeah. Those two things are basically the cause of all intractable social and personal problems in the world. All of them. And, and of people them. don't see that. Like, no. And what the crazy thing is, they won't even necessarily know that they think that, but they're coming oh. from the yes. essence of me as personality and mind. Right. Therefore, right. there's such a thing as mental illness, and right. I have it, or <laughs> exactly. you have it, and there's such right. a thing as such and such, and there's such a thing as such and such, and, and they're operating downstream of these assumptions that they don't even know they have, which would be okay in one way, but when you try to show them, hey, these are the assumptions you're operating from, they go, no, I don't, that's not what I think. You're, you've been telling me that's what well, you think, are you kidding well, me? Oh. Uh, and then they don't track it. That's why yeah. I, I used to say, till the cows come home, uh, paradigmatic thinking should be taught in senior and high school or even a little oh, earlier. I would do uh, it for free in any high school. I would do 10 something? hours a week. I would do yeah. that for free just for uh, fun. Just uh, for sure. So let's, let's um, yeah. uh, uh, talk a, a couple more spiritual stuff. Religion. Let's just pick uh, a religion here and essence, original sin uh, form, existential guilt, and expression altruism oh that's awesome i love that turnaround from existential guilt to altruism altruism yeah. is treating the yes. imagined disease of existential guilt exactly right and that that's an easy, an easy it's, it's, it was eye-opening to me when that unfolded out of me uh and 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 so clarifies the dead end of the whole original sin a foundation uh, of basically all Western religion in some way. Islam doesn't specify original sin. It disobedience uh, pride. Uh, to pride. Yeah, pride is their is their it's original. Not sin. quite as exacting as original sin because there's no exactly. Creation. They don't have a genesis of it. But right. Islam means surrender. So the absence of is surrender is the solution to yes, the problem. Islam. Pride. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And last but not least in, in this array, we'll leave the most complex one till last, but there's a lot of rabbit holes I'm sure you'll get excited about here. Mm. And here's, here's identities um, as opposed to Zen's. Unality, pre-duality, duality. Nice. Mm -hmm. Where pre-dual, uh, pre our, 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 our way to operationalize, not thingify, Please, we're not thingifying non-duality here, but to operationalize it where the rubber meets the road, where we can link non-duality to actual human consciousness bandwidths, mm -hmm. is to see it as pre-dual, 
pre-dual. And so what we've got is there's a unality of divinity, of divine being that predated the birth of our individuated souls. And what we call, non, we completely redefine non-duality as being an aspect of an upstream essential divine being. But, but all non-dual teachings out there are atheistic. Advaita Vedanta has an impersonal being, but it's not conscious of itself. It's not a self-conscious being. Whereas in identity, unality is the, is the, um, the essence of divinity, and it is self-aware, and it's aware it's self-aware. This is why we, as human souls, or as souls that express as human, are different than animals, we, we are self-aware like animals, animals are too, but we're self-aware, we're self-aware. Well, divine being is aware, self-aware that it's self-aware and then meta self-aware to its self-awareness. It's, it's a being aware of self-awareness. That's how I get it when I'm abiding with divine being. I, I get, I can see that or feel that that's how it, it lives in it. But unality is the divine being pre-duality, and, and here's a, a really esoteric thing. In our picture, we've talked about this before a little, but pre-duality, non-duality is the, um, the uh, moments, literally the moments before your soul acquired consciousness being birthed out of divine being. It's still clinging to your soul roots. Mm. Non-duality, pre-duality are the moments prior to your soul becoming edged and eternally immutable and unique as a soul. So it's part of your soul track. And, and, the, and, and the other thing is the reason why a lot of Zen masters, while not calling God, God in the way that religions call God, there's some love thing that comes through. Yeah. And that's because there was love in divine being, divine yin in this case, that predated was the ultimate motivation. You uh, uh, Love uh, is the motivation to birth. Then they birth and then they birth before the birth of duality of your essential soul um, is the dualistic uh, version at that level of the CRISPR uh, 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 bit uh, mm -hmm. that comes out of the, uh, the uh, essence of divine yin being still and, and not empty, but empty of what it's going to unfold into. Empty there is a capacity, content, yeah. empty mm -hmm. of content, right? So we reform something that has been, that the Zen just, or any form of esoteric Buddhism just cannot accept that there, that non-duality is an aspect of a unality based um, a divine being. That is an allness, allness, uh, no seams anywhere. No, it's completely seamless uh, all the way through. Because so they have the assumption that non-duality is essence. Yes, exactly right. So there's a decoding, yeah, of what is different. So because we, we pay attention to that pre-dual reality, that's our sage track. We honor the sage track of the Buddha um, who started the whole thing or codified it, at least a better, a better way to say it. It was already in the Hindu thing, but all the way they were doing it was not leading to what the Buddha saw it needed to lead to. So in that sense, here's another beautiful example of how 
uh, this trinity of essence, form, and expression can offer a staggeringly clear clarification of what your paradigm is based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Christianity, original sin, existential guilt, altruism. There it is, folks. Is it, you, you buy in, uh, Do you know that that is the essence, form, expression of your of your religion? Most people never make that. They just go to, or you could go, you could use belief, right? Yeah. Uh, right. uh, as part of the CRISPR uh, cut, wherever you wanted to put belief in, belief is a, is a downline expression of something upstream that you haven't experienced yet. So uh, it, it's not about belief. That's all that, that people uh, do. Right. They don't. But if, but if, with a fundamental assumption is who I essentially am is my mind. Yes. Mind. Right. Then form right. is belief, right. and then expression could be faith. Then. Yes, exactly right. Faith. Faith becomes the expression for a Christian. Exactly. Or right. it could be, you know, I mean, it could be depends on what the belief is in, in yeah. form. The expression could be lots of things. And, exactly. Uh, and that's precisely why people think in terms of when they think of God, they think in terms of believe or disbelieve. Why do they think in terms of believe right. and disbelieve instead of experience or not experience? Because right. they think their mind first and the mind thinks yeah. in terms of believing or just if I, if I haven't experienced it, then I either believe that it's true or I don't believe that it's true. Right. That's just right. where the mind goes. Um, exactly. Makes me crazy sometimes. And, and, and to sum up this, uh, what we, we were able to reduce everything from empirical atheistic scientism, Zen esotericism, and, and religious uh, uh, devotional uh, uh, paradigms are all reducible to essence, form, and expressions as their metaphysical foundations. So that's a way of seeing that it's a it's a decoder mm-hmm. of everything, essence, form, and expression, right? And really makes it much easier if you were going to do a course for a junior or a senior class in high school on uh, on paradigmatic thinking. You'd you'd start with uh, the essence, form, expression as the algorithm. Uh, that illuminates paradigmatic thinking. You know, I, I feel, I don't know if I've realized this before, maybe I did and then I forgot it, but it just hit me like why, I mean, essence, essence, form and expression, why that isn't out there because it very quickly leads to paradigmatic thinking, which is a more sophisticated expression of it. Right. Why don't people think paradigmatically? Because it would tear apart 99.9% of the paradigms on the planet. It reveals, it would, to use the word apocalypse, which means great revealing, it yes. would cr- literally create an apocalypse. Yes. And that's why people are generally, they're operating inside of value systems that they actually don't understand the nature of them. Exactly. And if you hold up a mirror and say, because it only takes you five minutes if you ask the right questions to elucidate someone's values. And then right. if you were to show that to them in the ways we're talking about, it would it would be like putting a, a garment on an ironing board. All of the wrinkles would show up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and the, God, non- exactly. the nonsense of it. Uh, yeah. We'd bring it with a lot of heart. Like there's good reasons why you've been operating with this, even though there are distortions and illogic in it. But um, it that that revealing would would cripple people because their identities are built around their values and beliefs yeah this what we're saying here the topic today um that we're playing a pickleball with here back and forth it's so wonderful uh (laughs) it is it's just as staggeringly paradigmatic shattering 
as uh, uh, heliocentrism was yeah. to terracentrism, yeah. right? That the sun moved around the earth instead of the earth moving around the sun. It's that radical a change. And if we define, a lot of people in New Age, of course, New Age knowledge, metaphysics is airy-fairy reality. Oh, yeah. metaphysics. Metaphysics, philosophically, are the fundamental assumptions that characterize your value system. It's really simple. It's very straightforward. But the metaphysics of metaphysics is this essence, form, expression, trinity that Bill is like the DNA segment of every paradigm that you can have multiple segments on the DNA strand to, uh, uh, to and it replicates every single time with, with upstream to downstream realizations of essence, form, and expression. So we're deconstructing the metaphysics, which 99% of the people don't understand really what metaphysics are exactly as you said, they're not even aware of the metaphysical assumptions and structures of their own belief systems. Yeah, and you know, the, they, the they, causality, like a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll say like so-and-so has to believe something or they have to do something because of such and such. There's a, right. a causal chain, you know, I think of like, um, what's the guy's name speaker about is Mike Johnson. Like oh God. How, how his... If his expression, we've talked about it a few different times recently, the expression of uh, the separation of church and state is to right. protect the church. That's right. an expression of a form, which is an expression of an essence. And the essence is somewhere in there. I mean, you can choose how to display it however you want. But the essence is the founders of the country were Christian, which they weren't. Right. <laughs> the U.S. should be Christian, which it shouldn't. And he's a messenger from God to make it so, which he's not. Like those are the essential assumptions. So of course oh, he has to say oh, that, right? Oh God, <laughs> my my heart hurts. You know, I mean the the guy. I mean he's really a young soul, and how do you criticize a young soul? But he's pretending he's a messenger of God. I swear, when the first time I looked in his eyes on a, on a newscast, he, all he's doing is making sure Jesus likes him enough to let him into heaven yeah he's trying to please jesus say see i'm giving your yeah. message to the world and so when he wants oh, to buddy up God. with his 17 year old son so that they right. can together have the goal of not masturbating yeah. that makes oh, perfect God. sense so it's, it's be crazy in our yeah. society when people go oh, that makes no sense this senseless act no nothing is nonsense it all makes no. sense everything you just you just don't understand it yet because yeah. it makes perfect sense in his paradigm to yeah. abusively use his son to help him not masturbate because his relationship, his made up relationship with Jesus is yes. more important than the emotional dynamics in his family that he's not aware of. Yes. That's his right. baseline essential assumptions. And that's going mm -hmm. on everywhere. And if you start to look this way, you will be free from nonsense and, uh, and you will be more in reality and having to digest like a, uh, a baleen whale has to go around digesting the insanity of this world. And if that triggers you, um, which it will, if you're a sane person, then you can get help by um, processing how that reminds you of some aspect of your childhood and or past <laughs> life. We can help you with that. Um, oh, God. Sane, as we say so often, you're sane to feel crazy about it. Exactly. Oh, nicely said. And it's just I just last point here. I think I, I just had a flash, Joseph, just this moment how uh, Lenin's um, uh, um, collectivism was meant to offset 
religion, the the masses of the religion of ma- the masses, which is why it's uh, an atheistic society. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but collectivism is just as a twisted essential assumption as religionisms is. And so mm-hmm. they, they tried to be dualistic opposite. They tried to offset religionism's nonsensical uh, masses kinds of consciousness. But it's just an, an equally flawed um, because it's not only is it derivative, it's an anti-based thing. But neither of them are based in the reality of, of realities. Uh, that Jesus was just an, a man. He wasn't spermlessly conceived. And all that was overwritten uh, to get some legitimacy to... Um, uh, Fausta and and uh, what's his name Constantine no um, Fausta and uh, the Holy Roman Empire well, who was the husband of Fausta uh, I, I forget I forget at any rate um, all of it all of it can be reduced if you want if you want really want to know where your value systems come from how paradigmatically conditioned you become by our world to not think paradigmatically. That's the irony of how I would put it. We're paradigmatically conditioned to not be aware of paradigmatic thinking. It's, it's if I could name one, one of the tragedies wow. about what our world has done. Wow, say that again, that we're paradigmatically conditioned to not think not realize. Yes, not to be able to think paradigmatically. Well, it reminds me of the is a Baudelaire quote that gets used in the first Batman movie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was proving he didn't exist. Yes, same principle. The unconscious oh, nice. doesn't want you to see its paradigm. Right. It's the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain thing. Exactly. Just see that big projection of the face and the thunder and the lightning, right? It's one of the most so, compelling arguments for identity's model being true because it's like this stuff is so it it, not even experientially it just makes mental sense the kind of stuff we're talking about so why is it not completely obvious to people because they don't want it and you could teach it to someone and it will go right over their head not because they're not smart enough because part of them doesn't want to believe it right doesn't want to even try it on i I love your language earlier Uh, it literally threatens the fabric of consciousness of people and, and uh, in so many different ways, which is why I never tried to sell it. I never thought it would be a worldwide phenomenon. I was just trying to service an underserved demographic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm finishing this book about, I'm tentatively calling it uh, Zen Ayahuasca and the Soul's Journey right now. I'm trying uh, to finish mm. that one. Um, but uh, I really want to write ones that I talked about this before called something like, What's Your Paradigm? That oh, yeah. would be sure to be internationally ignored, I'm sh- um, but uh, but it still would be fun to you know basically take the. I've already written probably three quarters of it. Um, well, you, it's it's a book. It's a book that will be revered in the near future, but probably not this life. But you got to do it. You got to get it out there. Like identity, same here. How many people? What percentage of the world? One half of one half of one half of one half percent of the world might have a capacity to be slightly interested in identity. And then another half a percent, a half a percent, a half a percent of that population will actually get into it. So it's, it's, a, it's a seed for the future identity, but you get to talk to those of us, uh, we're like time travelers from the future, offering a future <laughs> paradigm in the present. Uh, 
but it's not certainly not going to uh, fully um, ignite or go to flame. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of light and heat uh, for the for this lifetime of ours. But well, we, we don't know. Hold it. on, we don't know that. We, we don't know that. That's just an assumption based on the past, which could be completely different because we're in a yin divine. Um, yeah, uh, uh, para, uh, um, ages now. Anything's possible. I mean, the real question is how bad does things have to get before protectors start giving up paradigms that obviously don't work? Um, that yeah. that's really that's that'll be the governing dynamic of it. Of how long Beautiful. can? But I mean, when I think about just an individual like who is you know strung out on drugs or you know being very destructive, uh, they can hold out really long dead ending yeah. bad paradigms so so can a group then but i yeah. don't know kind of a downer note to end on but well no but you know what i just wanted to congratulate a beautiful closure there because in the end a heartful person an edenist and that we're not ashamed to call us an ist because it is an ism because mm-hmm. everything's a paradigm yep. no matter what um, there's always a sadness and a heaviness of heart not a critical elitism to all yeah. of our offerings. And so yeah. a downbeat here at the end, the sadness one, or what we would call sorrow, honest yeah, sorrow, right? Always look for that in a teacher or a teaching. Look for the emotive um, capacity to have sorrow about what the paradigm is illuminating or the teacher is illuminating, but isn't, isn't digestible by most people. That's that is sorrow making because it's no judgment on where people are at. It's, but and it's sorrow making for us. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you know? Do you know what we're talking about next time? Because I don't. Um, boy, I don't at the moment. Okay. Uh, I'll come up with something though. I'm, we I'll always do. With, we always. One of us does. Yeah. Yeah. So tune in next time for who knows what we're going to talk about. It'll be the expression of some form, which is the, the algorithmic uh, result of some essence. You can count, yeah. on it. count on it. <laughs> yeah, from no. this point on, we'll have to include essence, form, and expression in every topic uh, yeah. in some in some uh, uh, tra- uh, way. So yeah, well, yeah. It, what's cool is that I, we've talked about it here and there. So I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's what you guys have been doing." Like, yeah, yeah now this exactly. is a great reveal. You've been learning this all along. You've had yeah. the power to do metaphysics all along. You just didn't realize it. Look at your feet. You're wearing ruby metaphysical slippers and three times, and you can decode oh, anything. Wonderful! I I used to open uh, uh, some talks with uh, uh, everyone as a philosopher. Yes, and 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 people would say, "I'm not a philosopher. I think that's just all head bullshit." And I said, "Well, do you have this opinion? That opinion right there—that it's just head bullshit—makes you a philosopher. You're philosophizing and criticizing another philosophy." So as soon as you have an opinion about anything, you have a value system <laughs> that says this is a good opinion versus or an accurate opinion, rather an inaccurate one. Then the value system has a paradigm un- in which it unfolds inside of. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we're all philosophers. Only uh, if someone asked me once, what are you? How what would you call yourself? And I would say the best description is I'm a spiritual philosopher. Mm. That that is the best, the best, because everything uh, 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 precipitates out of that. Yeah, and the spiritual part makes it applied. Yes, exactly most philosophers right. are not trying to live according to what they think; they're just thinking about it and enjoying themselves. 
<laughs> think, I think it's really about, interesting. Do you live that? What? Do you mean? <laughs> thinking about thinking. That's why I admire Sartre. He thought about thinking and committed suicide. That was perfectly paradigmatically resonant with yeah. his paradigm. Yeah. And I congratulate him for that. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Thank you, Stace. Right, Thank you, listeners. You're welcome. Tune in next time yes. for 83. And uh, <laughs> um, you know how to reach us if you've got questions or suggestions. We're always open to that. Until yeah. next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.